0: Hey, gorgeous lady, how you doing?
1: I'm wonderful, how are you? How was your Thanksgiving?
0: I survived, against all
1: odds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's
0: all we could ask for, really. Uh, I did get to go to Beacon though, which is a super cute town, just like an hour 45 away from New York when I got back. And it's super lovely, super quaint. They literally have a main street. But the best part is that right by my hotel, there was a shop called Witch Please. It was amazing.
1: Yes. I'm here for all of that.
0: Yeah. I wanted to buy every single thing in the store. It had like crystals and tarot cards and and all of the wonderful things, candles. And it was lovely. It was so cute. It's called Witch Please. What the fuck else do you want? It was amazing.
1: (laughs) That's my kind of store. I love a pun. You know this. So that's... Right at my alley.
0: Oh, absolutely. And they even have it in neon. I I fuck with the neon really hard. Same. So it was wonderful. What about you?
1: My Thanksgiving was good. I flew down to Florida for literally the day. Like, I took the first flight out Thanksgiving day, and I flew back at like 1 p.m. on Friday. Oh, shit. In and out. Boom, bang, done. Well, at least you got a little bit of warm weather. Oh yeah, cuz it was brutally cold when I got back and I Oof. was not prepared. But it was great. I got to visit with Johnny's family. They have a bunch of animals. So I got to hang out with like horses and a tortoise and a pig that was named Osama Pig Laden apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't believe them. <laughs> that
0: is incredible.
1: I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I didn't believe them when they told me. And then I went to Johnny's mom and I was just like, "Um, what's the pig's name? And she just like sighed as if like this was not my choice. (laughs) And I hate that I'm having to say this. But apparently, yeah, the pig's name is Osama Pigladen.
0: That's the best thing I've heard all year. It
1: was pretty great. It was pretty great. Uh, I had a bunch of Bellinis like hung out. Johnny's niece is super fucking cute. And I just like carried her around as much as I possibly could. Amazing. My arms were dying afterwards. I was like, what happened? Did I work out? And then I was like, no, I just hauled a child around for an entire day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel that.
1: That was my big excitement, though. Great. Did you see anything in the meantime? No, I have not finished Fall of the House of Usher. That's okay. Don't hate me. I don't. I would never. I know. You're so sweet. It's annoying because Johnny's caught up with me now, and now I like feel like I can't. I binged the first five episodes when he was gone, so... Mm. I was like, oh, I don't need to wait for him to watch this. But then he caught up and now I'm like, oh, I should probably wait for him to watch this. <laughs> I've just been like throwing weird random things on. I literally watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids last night. Fuck yeah. Which I totally had forgotten about the Disney, I don't want to call it a ride. It was like an experience, I experience? guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Do you remember that? I had totally forgotten Absolutely. about it. And then I saw the like giant blades of grass in the movie and I like – it shocked the memory into me and i was like fuck i remember that i thought that was the coolest thing ever
0: yeah and they had a one of the things is that it would be like little mouse tails on like your calves that you would feel
1: was oh, one of the, the experiences yes. yeah it was gross yes i forgot about that oh you did like go in a theater and like watch a movie too i was thinking about there's like a playground almost
0: yes so there's a playground where it's like the ants and all that yes that whole bit
1: yes and like the giant blades of grass and i feel like there's like maybe a giant like walkman or like boombox or something
0: yeah stuff like that and yeah and then there's the like quote-unquote ride which is more like a 3d 4d experience yes where it
1: like sprays you with stuff you get like sprayed with some water yeah I clearly was traumatized by the rat tails thing because I completely blocked all of that part
0: of the quote unquote experience. Yeah, it out. was horrible. Uh, no. Yeah, it's like a, a hamster or something gets out or a mouse. Ma- oh, it's, I know what it is. It's that one of the characters had a pet snake and had these mice to feed the snake. And then like, oh, yes. And then the mouse got out and then you felt it. They did like a thing where it was like basically like a tube that just like blew air. And then so it would just. Wiggle on like your calves. And then because it was also 3D, and then the snake gets out. So then you have this huge fucking snake in your fucking face, hissing at you and shit. Yes. I did not forget that, which I'm sure contributed to my fear, probably rational, of snakes.
1: (laughs) That's fair. I didn't remember that part, but you know me. I I love a snake.
0: I know. You're like, this is great. Not me. No.
1: It is great. They're fun. (laughs) They're so fun. Not the venomous ones, obviously, but. They're so cool. They're so long and
0: smooth, and they constrict. I don't know. I'm about it. I totally know you are. I totally know you are, and I love you for it. (laughs) But we are not the same in this moment. Yeah. Do not bring a snake to me. I got it. I will never do that to you. There's a snake
1: in your apartment. Call me, girl. Absolutely. But
0: there was a thing. If you were a child of the '80s, had like every fucking birthday party, there was this like handler with like snakes and shit. Yeah. That you like go around and touch. I'm like, I didn't want any of that at all. I just want some fucking Publix cake. What the fuck is this?
1: <laughs> and some balloons. I did not sign up for snakes. Thank you. Exactly. I mean, my dad was the one who was just like catching them in our backyard and being like, hey, look at the school snake. And I'd be like, awesome. Let me pet it. Now we're going to release it. No, Roberto was not living that life. No, no, definitely not. I mean, this was in the <laughs> boonies of North Florida too. So it's a very different vibe than Miami. Yeah, exactly. Why were you in Beacon? Was that just like a fun day trip?
0: Yeah, I went, I went with my honey because we both worked so much. And it was like, hey, let's do like two days where we're not really working and like just get to hang out. So it was very lovely. It was very cute and sweet and adorable and just Aww, quaint. I love that. We did go to this like Japanese soul food diner type thing. Oh, what? that sounds amazing. Girl, it was like straight out of Twin Peaks, like <gasps> hardcore. Yes, please. It was such a vibe and I was so here for it. I mean, Twin Peaks is a vibe. Yeah, it was hardcore Twin Peaks vibe.
1: I binged that entire show when the like, new one came out and then I feel like I watched like two episodes of the new one and I completely lost interest. I don't know why.
0: So I wasn't aware that Twin Peaks was a soap opera.
1: Oh, I guess I wasn't either. But Yeah.
0: Yeah, it very much is because the style of acting is very much in that realm and which is a lot. Oh, a hundred percent. So the new one was coming out, the new one, which is like however many the fuck you're sold. The new one, God, we're sold. And <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I should probably watch Twin Peaks because I've never seen it and has this whole like cult following thing. And I was so turned off to the over the topness that I think I only made it one episode. But I think I, I should give it another shot.
1: Yeah. You just kind of have to embrace the campiness of it. hmm Kyle McLaughlin. I was so here for him.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, in everything. Totally. Yeah. So the man I'm seeing is very cultured and wonderful and in all the lovely things, but is also very into reality TV, which is hilarious.
1: <gasps> yes. So... He likes Survivor, so we were immediately best friends.
0: <laughs> he does. So... He, I don't know about turned on, but I started watching F-Boy Island because of him.
1: (laughs) I have not been introduced to that. How was it?
0: It's insane. I'm an episode and a half in. It's fucking insane. So it's these like three women on this island and there's 24 guys and 12 of them are nice guys and 12 of them are (gasps) F-Boys.
1: my god I'm like giddy right now over here this sounds so ridiculous and I'm here for it it's insane
0: and then there's a cash prize at the end of course so you don't know who's an f-boy necessarily to begin with and they definitely don't but they're all like some of them are like I will say and do whatever I need to do to like make them think that I'm a good guy so like I can get like right between their legs and get that like hundred thousand dollars or whatever the fuck it's so gross I mean that's a fuck boy for you I know. And then when they eliminate, so each of the ladies has to eliminate one of the guys, I guess, each episode. I don't know if it's going to be more than a guy at a time. Well, I guess because it's three at a time because it's three of them. Because they're all dating from the same pool of like 24. And then at the end, the guy has to say whether he was a nice guy or an F boy. I can't with this show. It's ridiculous.
1: But it's entertaining. I'm assuming you're into it. You're not into it.
0: That remains to be seen. All right. Just because it's like the dregs of humanity, which is what most of reality TV is. Yeah. Girl, that's why you (laughs) gotta
1: start watching Survivor. Like, oh, it's so good. Or 90 Day Fiancé, which is my other guilty pleasure.
0: Well, it seems like you might like it because there's so much strategy also involved in this one.
1: Love strategy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Maybe I'll check it out. It's insane. And I think there's like three seasons. Oh, okay. After I finish Fall of
0: the House of Usher. You're going to need a palate cleanser from all of the Poe. Just go straight into trash TV. I'm sure. I still haven't recovered
1: from episode five. I think I'm scared to start episode six because of that. Oh,
0: girl. I literally had a telltale heart moment last night. I don't have clocks. Like, I don't have mechanical clocks. Like, the ones that have, like, a, a second hand okay i do have one that donna gave me that's like made from a record but it's been like laser cut that it's like a scene from the nightmare before christmas which is wonderful but like the batteries died ages ago and i literally haven't had the time to change it but i was in my bed last night working on something and i heard like ticking (gasps) oh no and i was like where the fuck is this coming from and then I thought, like, maybe randomly that the clock started up again after, like, two years of not working. But no. And I, like, couldn't find what the ticking was from. And I was like, well, I didn't murder anyone. So <laughs> I thought about it a lot last week, though. I will tell you. But I did not. Oof.
1: Thanksgiving is real rough.
0: Yep. Yay. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the good thing about living in New York and having neighbors living in an apartment building, because then you can just be like, yeah, it's my neighbor." Yeah, I'm not going crazy. It's nothing spooky happening here. Like, it's just the neighbors.
0: Yep. I will say too. I so I have been lightly binging What Went Wrong, which is just wonderful. Thank you so much for that rec. Yay! I love it. I was listening to the Exorcist episode while I was setting up my bar. And at my bar, we have metal straws and we just have them in a cup that's like maybe six inches to feet away from the ledge of the bar. So I'm listening to this exorcist shit and they're talking about demonic possession, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm on the other side of the bar and one of those fucking metal straws somehow flies out of the fucking cup no. and falls on the floor. And it wasn't hanging out because that's one of my huge pet peeves so like they were all so I was like I don't know how the fuck that happened
1: damn it Monique I'm like do I never want to go back to your bar again or do
0: I want to go back immediately
1: I can't decide
0: you should come back immediately we just can't listen to the exorcist episode while you're there because I think that was the issue okay
1: that's fine I'll leave my Ouija board at home
0: like we're good boom cut print Emmy
1: I do need to see you soon because I actually have your anniversary gift that hadn't arrived by the time I saw you last oh my god and arrived the day after of course (laughs) Oh, darn.
0: I get to see you in person. Womp womp.
1: <laughs> I know. We went from seeing each other every week for
0: like a fucking like month and week, a half. Multiple times a week sometimes mm-hmm. to like, I feel like I haven't seen you in ages. I know. It's horrendous. We'll fix it immediately.
1: Yes, please do. I mean, I also can fix that. It's <laughs> like it's not. <laughs> that makes it sound like it's your fault when it's definitely not your fault. It's a team effort. It's true. Also, this is the period of the year where I hibernate because it's so fucking cold out. Yep. I had tickets to a show last night, but they weren't expensive and I honestly like didn't feel like going, so I just was like, "Ugh, whatever, it's fine." Was it a and concert? I just skipped the show completely. Yeah. But it was like real far in Brooklyn for me and the show started at 10, which oh, like no. I'm an old
0: woman, that's kind of no, late no. for me. No.
1: And I looked at the setlist online and like they were only doing like six songs and I was like, "Oh what? no.
0: Mm-mm. You made the right call.
1: This doesn't seem worth it." So, I was a little bummed that I didn't get to see King Mala, which is who I bought tickets for, but I bailed because I am an old woman and I wanted to stay in bed and read my
0: book. <laughs> understood. It's fucking freezing. I get it. <laughs> oh my God, I
1: know. <sighs> On that note, do you have any other exciting news or
0: no? do you have a spooky, creepy paranormal story for me? I'm fucking ready to jump right into this shit, girl. Let's do it. Yes. So I have a billion sources because I didn't understand the level of any of this.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. I'm not mad about that. I love a well-researched woman. Thank
0: you. It was definitely a today years old experience. I knew nothing about any of this. So sources, arc.gov, exemplar.com, distractivide.com, smokymountainsource.com, allthat'sinteresting.com, ancientpages.com, TikTok, Reddit, and Heart Starts Pounding podcast. I literally have spent more time on TikTok in the last week than I have the rest of the time combined that it's been in existence.
1: (laughs) Just for the story or just in general? Both.
0: Okay. We'll get into it. So Appalachia is a mountain range that spans 206,000 square miles from southern New York to northern Mississippi and is made up of 423 counties across 13 states. The region's 26.3 million residents live in parts of Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, and all of West Virginia. The Appalachian Mountains themselves are believed to be 480 million years old. For perspective, that's older than Saturn's rings, and that's older than the entire species of trees on this planet. Damn. Maybe this is why people who have passed through Appalachia have experienced a feeling of ancientness and otherworldliness. Many residents of Appalachia believe the region to be a thin place, where the veil between this world and some other world is especially thin. And as a result, there are unexplainable supernatural dangers that lurk in the thick woods that populate the area, that are responsible for many of the unexplained things that have happened in the region. Some residents claim that the area is actually inhabited with shadowy cryptids and ghosts. And this isn't just campfire stories, but that they have seen these horrors with their own eyes in their own backyards. And these sightings and stories are generations old. So as a result, to protect themselves, Appalachians have hard and fast rules you must follow without question to stay safe. And I just want to state that what I'm going to say is completely real. These are, like, known hard and fast rules of residents of Appalachia.
1: Oh, my God. I love this so much, Monique. I can't.
0: Girl, I, like, I cannot with anything of this fucking story. Don't look at the trees. What? If you're out in the wilderness and you see something strange, no, you didn't. (gasps) Girl.
1: I like trees. I would fuck this up immediately.
0: (laughs) Girl, wait. If you hear your name called in the woods, no, you didn't. Never whistle in the woods. If you hear whistling at night, no, you didn't.
1: I have chills with the no, you didn't. It's literally saying. I I can't. Okay.
0: (sighs) If you feel something stalking you, do not run. You will only make things worse. And finally, stay out of the woods after dark. All of the chills
1: i know and you hate the woods so this is extra i fucking hate the woods so we're,
0: we're jumping right back into the woods again <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm thinking you secretly love the woods monique
0: no definitely not <laughs> there are stories all over tiktok and reddit of people who have had their own experiences and did not follow the rules a tiktoker named ellis recently shared a personal experience from his childhood in appalachia on the platform When Ellis was a child, his granny was always telling him not to go into the trees behind her trailer. The woods were a ways away from the mobile home. The tree line was down a big hill and across a pasture, so it wasn't too close. But that was the hard and fast rule. No explanation was given. Just don't go into the woods. Then, one day, Ellis saw his cousin Jace standing in the pasture, staring up at him, but completely silent. Ellis thought that this was odd, since Jace was a loud 17 17-year-old boy, and he was being so quiet. But Ellis waved at him anyway, and then Jace took off running down the hill and into the woods, gesturing for Ellis to follow him, which he did. Ellis ran down the hill, chasing after his cousin, and about halfway through, crossing the pasture, the screaming started. Jace was screaming Ellis's name over and over as if in terrible pain he sprinted even faster and was nearly at the tree line when Ellis heard a loud bang. His grandmother who was on the porch had fired a shot into the woods. Granny screamed at Ellis to get his ass back on the porch. Then his grandmother started begging and screaming at him through tears to come back. Her reaction startled Ellis so much that he quickly turned around and ran back up the hill towards the porch feeling watched by his cousin the entire time. Ellis's granny quickly shoved him inside, but they could still hear Jace screaming for him from the woods. The screaming was so loud, you could hear it even when they were inside of his grandmother's trailer, and continued for about five minutes until it abruptly stopped. Any desire Ellis had to chase after his cousin came to a quick halt when his grandmother informed him that Jace was on vacation in Indianapolis with his family. AKA whoever or whatever Ellis saw was not his cousin. His granny made him promise to stay out of the back pasture and he never went back there again and he didn't ask his granny any questions. Ellis ended the post with quote, to this day, I don't know what that was, but I almost went with it, end quote.
1: So creepy.
0: Girl, I fucking know.
1: This is some like skinwalker shit.
0: I don't like it. Well, funny you should say that (gasps) because several comments on the video said that what Ellis likely encountered was a skinwalker.
1: I know my skinwalkers, lady.
0: Girl, I know. As you may remember from the multiple episodes that Amy has done (laughs) about skinwalkers, including Skinwalker Ranch on our 100th episode. Check that shit out. But if you are new here and don't know about skinwalkers, welcome. I'm going to give you a quick little catch me up. The legend of the skinwalker was brought to American culture through the Navajo people of the Southwest, originally deriving from the phrase ye now dul she in the Navajo language, which translates to by means of it, it goes on all fours. According to Navajo legend, A skinwalker is a dangerous evil witch that has the ability to shapeshift into animals in order to trick humans. Skinwalkers are humanoids by nature but have the ability to shapeshift into an animal but are most often seen as coyotes due to the Navajo belief that coyotes are tricksters. These entities gain their power from performing evil deeds. In exchange for their turn to the dark side, they have been given superhuman powers of speed, endurance, and stealth. However, some legends say that the supernatural beings not only possess the ability to shapeshift into different animals, but also have been said to be able to steal the faces of other humans. Some believe that skinwalkers are medicine men who chose to use their magic for evil instead of good, while others believe that to become a skinwalker, one must be initiated into the ranks by killing a member of their own family. Once the deed is done, They will be imbued with supernatural powers and live out the rest of their lives as half-human, shape-shifting tricksters with a never-ending search for victims. But a thing that came up in multiple comments on both Reddit and TikTok is that, allegedly, there are no skinwalkers in Appalachia, as skinwalkers are said to be indigenous to the American Southwest, aka not the eastern mountain range of Appalachia. So assuming that skinwalkers can't or don't want to travel cross-country, even though walking is literally in their name, what else could this be? On September 29th, Priestley67, whose real name is Jen, posted a video on TikTok where she shared her experience with what she believed was a mimic in the woods of Appalachia. The previous evening, Jen, her husband Isaac, and their dog Ellie had gone camping in the Appalachian woods. She explained that they were on a primitive camping trip. To get to the remote campsite, they had to take a long dirt road into the deep woods. The clearing where they set up camp had a lake on one side and was surrounded by deep, dense forest on the other three sides. There were no other campers anywhere in sight. They were in the middle of nowhere. They parked their car on the side closest to the lake and set up camp. Jen's husband set up the grill near the car and was cooking dinner when Jen had to relieve herself. So she went into the woods on the complete other side of the clearing. So she gets far enough into the woods that she has some privacy, and she's doing her business, and then she hears her husband's voice directly behind her say meow meow. Now, meow meow is one of those cute inside joke type things that the couple would often say to each other. And Jen whips around, mad as hell that her husband had, one, followed her into the woods while she was going to the bathroom. Not only that, it's the woods. It's bear country out there. You can't be leaving your food unattended. So she turns around to rip him a new one, but there's no one there. She looks at the clearing, and there is her husband, cooking on the stove, listening to the music playing in the car where she had last seen him, just having fun in his own little world. So Jen beelines it to her husband and asks him if he snuck up behind her and said meow meow. And he's like, What the fuck? Why would I do that? And Jen tells him that she just heard him say that, but he's adamant he didn't do it. Jen says, quote, and I'm like, please tell me right now, did you follow me and sneak up behind me and run back? Even though there would be no time for him to run back, that man does not run fast. Isaac, he don't even run. Like, he don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I like this chick. I'm obsessed. And so I'm just like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. Something mimicked your voice directly behind me, and I don't want to be here. End quote.
1: Correct. Response. Jen.
0: Correct. Good job. Absolutely. And shockingly, Isaac agrees. Ah! It isn't this you're being paranoid bullshit. So the two start packing up to get out of there. But as they're packing up, Jen said that they were hearing something in the woods on all sides of them, as if it were circling them. She said, quote, like, there's animals in the woods. Yes, it's really deep forest. We're in bear country. That's fine. Girl, not the same person, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Totally normal. Yeah. But this was not that. This was bigger. This was, I don't know what this was. Like, I have no clue what I heard or what was happening, but we were hearing stuff on all sides of us. So I'm like, let's just go. End quote. So they packed up their car, and Isaac said that he was going to do one last check around the campsite to make sure that they didn't leave anything behind before hightailing it out of there. Isaac walked to the campsite, which was a ways away from the car where Jen was. And Jen was helping her dog into the car when she heard something sprint up right behind her, stopping just a few feet behind her. Jen said, quote, I spin around and have my flashlight and I'm like, what the fuck? My husband's way on the other side. Again, like he's nowhere near me. And that motherfucker don't run. End quote. (laughs) cannot be overstated
1: yeah i get it
0: same i also don't run (laughs) it's like if i am my life's in danger (laughs) absolutely she ended her video saying quote i don't know what it is i don't know what i heard that mimicked him but i don't want to fucking find out fuck that end quote i love this woman what a fucking g obsessed speaking to my soul yeah absolutely Several people commented with their own similar experiences camping in Appalachia. Username, the Viking Mama commented, quote, "This only ever happened once in my life. We up and left an Airbnb in the woods because I kept hearing things in the woods at the campfire and felt a massive wave of anxiety that someone was watching us and waiting. Husband felt it too, but only admitted it after I said I wanted to leave ASAP. end quote." User Kaya Starr commented, quote, similar situation here. We heard someone whistling at us when we were making s'mores at the campfire. Immediately stopped and ran into the Airbnb, end quote. Username Crimson Hollow Farm commented, quote, all three people in our house have heard someone in our house that sounds like one of the other people talking to them and the other person is outside, end quote. One user offered a logical explanation, commenting that mountain lions mimic and stalk their prey for days before attacking. However, there is no scientific evidence to support the claim that mountain lions can mimic human voices, only birds and other animals. While there have been a few instances where people have reported hearing what sounded like a person imitating their voice, there is no way to confirm that it was actually a mountain lion. Another obligatory devil's advocate is that it could have been a crow. These birds actually have a remarkable ability for mimicry and can make a wide variety of vocal sounds, sometimes even copying human speech. So it is possible that many of the strange noises people report hearing in the Appalachian mountains may actually be the work of crows. But then there was something that came up again and again in my research that the culprit wasn't a crow, a mountain lion, or a skinwalker, but a wendigo.
1: (gasps) Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm so excited right now. Did I play a video game where like wendigos were like the main thing you were, I don't know, running from? I have no idea, but I'm so here for this right
0: now. I'm obsessed because I was like today years old when I heard about a wendigo.
1: (gasps) Oh my God. No, I've literally played a video game that had one in it, because that's who I am as a person.
0: And I love you forever for it.
1: Oh my God, tell me everything.
0: (laughs) According to the mythology of some Algonquin tribes of North America, the Wendigo was once a lost hunter. During a brutally cold winter, the man's intense hunger drove him to cannibalism. After feasting on another human's flesh he transformed into a crazed man-beast, roaming the forest in search of more people to eat. The Wendigo is said to be about 15 feet tall, with sunken glowing eyes, long yellowed fangs, terrible claws, an overly long tongue, ash-gray skin, and is gaunt to the point of emaciation. The creature is said to have several skills and powers, including stealth, is a near-perfect hunter who knows and uses every inch of its territory and can control the weather through dark magic. They are also portrayed as simultaneously gluttonous and emaciated from starvation. Perhaps this can be attributed to the notion that he is never satisfied with his cannibalistic urges. Wendigos are said to be cursed to wander the land eternally seeking to fulfill their voracious appetite for human flesh. Obsessed with hunting for new victims, He is forever hungry until he's eating another person. And if there is no one left to eat, the Wendigo will simply starve to death. While different versions of the Wendigo legend say different things about his speed and agility, neither are necessary skill for a monster of this nature. Unlike other terrifying carnivores, the Wendigo doesn't rely on pursuing his prey in order to capture and eat it. Rather, the Wendigo's scream is said to paralyze its victims, so that they are unable to escape. What? Girl.
1: For the record, I did not know any of the backstory of the Wendigo. I just have ah, this video game of it terrifying <laughs> me by like, jumping out.
0: That, that's pretty much my only reference for this. I love it. But most horrifyingly, the Wendigo is said to have the ability to mimic human voices. He uses the skill to lure people in and draw them away from civilization. Once they're isolated in the desolate depths of the wilderness, he attacks them and feasts on them. The word Wendigo means the evil spirit that devours mankind. And while Wendigos are said to attack humans, this translation also relates to another of the creature's supernatural skills. The Wendigo is said to have the power to curse humans by possessing them. Once the Wendigo has infiltrated their minds and altered them to become cannibals as well, he can turn them into Wendigos, instilling upon them a similar insatiable lust for human flesh. While the Wendigo is known to take different forms, it is not clear whether it can shapeshift into any human form it desires, namely for the purposes of the story, that of a human. And while this may sound like a silly legend, the Algonquin people say that during the turn of the 20th century, a large number of their people went missing, and the tribes attributed many of the mysterious disappearances to the Wendigo. The Wendigo's heart is said to be made of ice, so if you ever have the misfortune of coming across one, the only surefire way to kill it is using fire. But just like the Appalachian region itself, there are rules when dealing with a Wendigo. Don't say its name out loud. Don't acknowledge it. And if it talks to you, no. It didn't.
1: Ah, you bitch. You're getting me with the chills with this so much. (laughs) No, you didn't. Ah, Okay.
0: Girl. And I would like to end this story with a comment that was posted on Jen's video that said, quote, That's why I camp in hotels and hunt in supermarkets. End quote.
1: Yes. Jen, I already loved you, but I love you more
0: after that. Facts. And... That is the story of some of the creepy cryptids of the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, my God. I love that so much, Monique. Thank you.
1: And now I'm never going to the Appalachian Mountains. So cool.
0: Literally never. I mean, I've been to West Virginia. So that's all. All of that is Appalachia. But I'm sorry. If you go anywhere and they give you these rules... No. I'm just, I, no no i'm out goodbye yeah i'm
1: out also the first one was don't look at the trees like what i came don't here the for trees. the foliage like what am i not gonna look at the trees
0: nope <sighs> yeah that's wild girl and there's so many stories on reddit and they're like all over the internet and of course it's reddit it's instagram like uh not instagram sorry tiktok who knows you never know you know you take that with a Proverbial grain of salt, but there's just so many stories, and there's so many comments on these stories being like, "Oh yeah, me too," or something similar happened to me, or like, blah, blah, and I'm like, "What the fuck is happening in Appalachia?" And that everyone is literally just turning a blind eye to be like, not moving anywhere else. So, nope, <laughs> didn't like, hear that. We made some rules,
1: like stick to them. I don't know what to tell you. Yep, that's wild. But I love that so much. Thank you so much for that story.
0: I'm so glad absolutely
1: what the fuck Appalachia I just I know my god just another reason for you to never go into the woods I think you actually have the right idea with this 10,000 percent
0: like I kind of always defend the woods but I think you might be right fuck just stay away from the woods at least not in Appalachia not those 13 states yeah definitely not at night nope Mm, no hard pass and I remember reading stories of like this one guy saying it was like so long that I didn't get into it, but this guy saying that he was like going to like his parents' house, and he went through the woods because it was like a half mile walk and it was like kind of turning dark. But like he was like, oh, whatever. I never listened to the shit my grandfather say, being like, don't go in the woods at night. And that he like heard like whistling behind him and like like quickening pace behind him, and he started like running. Don't run. And literally, the comments were like, the comments were like, oh, you fucked that up. Yeah. It's like, why were you running? You just made him mad. I listen to the rules. Thank you. Yeah. Or like turning around and being like, hey, hello. And it's like, why'd you do that? Why'd you acknowledge it? You're not supposed to do that. And I'm like, yeah. People in Appalachia have fucking nerves of steel. Let me fucking tell you.
1: It's because they're fucking surrounded by Wendigos, apparently.
0: Apparently. Fuck.
1: This makes sense, though, why uh, I feel like a lot of times people just like don't engage with like poltergeist activity and stuff, too.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Because
1: like it feeds off your energy. Totally. I would be the dumb bitch who'd be like, Oh my god, is somebody here? What's happening?
0: <laughs> no, I've had enough like uh last night my door opened, my bedroom door opened by itself. And I was like, Okay. Like I heard it like unlatch, like a like the Oh thing, no, no, unlatched. no, no, know. And I was like, All right, I'm just gonna keep sleeping. Act like that's not a thing. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Denial's a hell of a drug, as I always say.
1: <laughs> and I'm here for it. Let's let's keep denying. It's okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So while I know that we're recording this technically still in November, when this airs, we're gonna be out a nicer November. So I don't know where you went with this in your crime, but I'm very excited to find out.
1: Okay. I was still in the nicer November mentality since we skipped last week. Great. And I did not do a theme, did not do a Thanksgiving-themed story because most of them are people murdering their families.
0: Yep. There's a lot of them. Family holidays are stressful.
1: They are. Uh, and apparently bring people to violence a lot of the time. hmm Yeah. On that note, let's jump right in. <laughs> let's get into it, girl. So, sources... Time Magazine, New York Times, New Zealand Herald, BBC News, South China Morning Post, Mirror, and Mayo Clinic. Wang Su Fing was born in Malaysia in 1968, if my math is correct, and was the eldest of four siblings. Her family moved to the neighboring country of Brunei when she was young, where she attended Catholic school. Su Fing was friendly and easy to talk to, and described by those that knew her as gracious and gentle. Growing up, she excelled in sports, music, and English. She loved reading, and she and her siblings would spend hours in the library reading books and annoying the librarian. Nice. Which I love, relatable to me. <laughs> in 1986, Sue Fing moved to London to continue her studies. While living on her own, she discovered a passion for cooking, and her sister described her as an amazing cook and hostess. Eventually, Sue Fing began training as a nurse at a hospital in London. And it was while she was working there that she met a fellow Malaysian, Ka Kim Soon, who was studying to become a doctor. The two bonded over their love of good food and skiing, as well as their Malaysian heritage. And Su Fing was immediately smitten with the clean-cut, polite, and funny man who enjoyed playing practical jokes. Ka was Su Fing's first love, and by 1992, the two were married. Four years later, they moved to Hong Kong together, where they planned to start a family. Ka became an associate professor of anesthesiology at the Chinese University of Hong Kong and also worked at Prince of Wales Hospital in Sha Tin. The couple eventually had four children together a son and three daughters, and Su Fing stayed home to care for their children, some of whom had special needs. However, Ka and Su Fing had very different opinions on how to raise them. Ka believed his wife coddled them, while he pressured them to excel regardless of any learning disabilities or mental health issues. Their eldest daughter, Mei Ling, had been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and attention deficit disorder at 16 years old, and Lily was diagnosed with dyslexia and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder when she was six. But Ka dismissed their struggles to focus on their schoolwork and would scold them for not trying hard enough. Mm. Mei Ling said he discouraged her from taking antidepressants because he didn't believe she was depressed. Oh, no. Uh... Yeah which I hate that mentality. Ka also insisted that Su Fing should teach and only speak Mandarin to their children, even though she'd never studied the language in school, and both she and Ka mostly spoke in English. But Ka blamed her for the family's lack of progress in the language, and accused her of being a bad mother, even though she was loving and cared deeply for their children. Su Fing's sister said she was incredibly generous with her time, for family as well as friends and always help them when they needed it. In 2004, Ka hired one of his students, a woman named Shara Lee, to tutor their children in Mandarin. Over the next 11 years, Shara was a fixture in the family's life. During that time, the couple's marriage became strained, and eventually Su Feng began to notice that her husband seemed overly familiar with their children's tutor. Mm-mm. But when she confronted him about it, Ka assured her that it was all in her head. But it wasn't. Of course not. Yep. And in 2013, Su Fing discovered the truth of her husband's affair with Shara, which he claimed had only started the year before. In her diary, Su Fing blamed herself, saying she hadn't done enough for her family and friends. The two became estranged afterwards, and although they had discussed getting a divorce, Ka said they decided to stay married and continue living together for the children's sake. On May 22nd, 2015... Shortly after 2 p.m., Su Fing and her 16-year-old daughter, Lily, left the house in Su Fing's yellow Mini Cooper to pick up her other children from school. Not long after, a woman jogging nearby saw the Mini Cooper parked on the side of the road near a bus stop. The car was locked, and she could see a woman and a teenage girl inside. The two appeared to be asleep, and the jogger assumed that they were just napping. But when she passed by again 45 minutes later and realized that they hadn't moved, And that the windshield wipers were on, even though it wasn't raining, Mm -mm. she became concerned and tried to wake them. Oh, no. When neither of them responded, she immediately called emergency services. The two were still unresponsive when police and the ambulance arrived, and they were immediately rushed to Prince of Wales Hospital, the same hospital Ka worked at. Medics desperately tried to revive the unconscious mother and daughter, but it was too late, and the two were pronounced dead shortly after their arrival. Ka sobbed on the phone as he told his eldest daughter the news. Since there was no obvious cause of death, police were initially baffled as to what had killed the otherwise healthy mother and daughter. Suspecting that the two may have been poisoned, they immediately went to the home Su Fing shared with her husband and their four children and seized everything they could find in the kitchen, even the flour. When the autopsy report finally came back, however, it showed that Su Fing and Lily had died from carbon monoxide poisoning, a colorless, odorless, and potentially deadly gas in high enough doses. I'm sorry, isn't the car was found outside, right? Yes. Okay. But the windows were rolled up and it was locked. Okay. Girl, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into
0: it. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding all the information correctly. Correct. You are. Cool. A hundred percent.
1: Su Fing had a carbon monoxide level of 50% in her bloodstream, while Lily's was 41%. Yeah, girl. It's a fucking
0: lot. You got to be huffing that shit. Horde.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mini Cooper's fucking tiny, so. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. The gas would have caused headaches, dizziness, shortness of breath, drowsiness, and blurred vision, which was likely why the two had pulled over, and could explain why the windshield wipers had been on, as Su Feng must have thought the blurred vision was a result of the windows fogging up. The carbon monoxide would also result in a loss of muscle control, and eventually consciousness. Police immediately began to search for the source of the carbon monoxide, and since engines that aren't well vented can cause the gas to build up to dangerous levels, They began to test the Mini Cooper for any faults or leaking emissions. But the initial test revealed that there was nothing wrong with the car. Which, shout out to Mini Cooper because that was my first car and I fucking love a Mini Cooper. I've never heard anyone say that they didn't. 90% of the tall men I know hate a Mini Cooper. Johnny hated my Mini Cooper. Oh, well, sure. Well, that's a him problem. Correct. Otherwise, everyone's like, they're wonderful. I fucking loved that thing. So many speeding tickets. Fuck. Because <laughs> you could fly and you could just like whip yeah, it and out. Girl. Of a tra- oh, I was a menace in Florida.
0: I saw the Italian job.
1: That's literally the reason I wanted one, Monique. I acted like I was in the goddamn Italian job every time I drove that
0: car. It was terrible. Amy, I don't drive a car and I want a Mini Cooper because of the Italian job. Yes. That movie's awesome. Facts. Thank you. You'll never shut down the real Napster. Amazing. So good. (laughs) I love you. I love you so much. I love you.
1: To completely rule out a malfunction of the vehicle's ventilation system, officers, with the help of Interpol, asked staff at the Cars Maker BMW in Germany to perform more extensive testing. Police investigators were left without any other leads for months as they waited for the results to come back. During this time, however an officer noticed something in the trunk of the car they'd initially overlooked. Amidst the other miscellaneous objects that included tennis balls, an umbrella, and a tarp of some kind, there was a deflated gray yoga ball. The officer, who preferred to remain anonymous since he was not authorized to speak on the record, said that when he saw it, he wondered why it was there and why it was missing its stopper. After this discovery, police came up with a theory— that the yoga ball could have been filled with the lethal gas and left to deflate in the car. To test their theory, an officer bought two similar yoga balls to see if they would leak gas if left unplugged. They had assumed the yoga balls, like a beach ball, would have a mechanism to stop it deflating, even if the plug was No, out. they don't. But Monique knows her motherfucking
0: yoga balls. No, they don't. <laughs> Damn. Girl, I know. I cannot. This is so much effort. It's so much effort.
1: Um, I love a story where, like, the method of murder is very weird and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the murder weapon's technically like a yoga ball.
0: Yeah. And that, like, if the one cop wasn't like, what's that about? This is weird. Yeah. It just, it just would have, like, gone, like, okay, well, I guess they died by suicide or whatever. It sucks to be them. Yeah. I love it. I don't, I don't love the murder, obviously. I just. No. I love when they solve things that could very easily go unsolved. Yes. Because of shit like this. Oh, it's my favorite.
1: Police then confirmed with experts that a yoga ball was capable of carrying carbon monoxide. And now suspecting that Su Fing and Lily had actually been murdered, officially seized the ball as evidence in November, six months after their deaths. Their investigation then led them to one of Ka's colleagues at the teaching hospital, Dick Chow Ho Kyu. He provided authorities with a form Ka had sent to a carbon monoxide supplier asking for a quote on price and said he'd bought a tank of the gas at Ka's request shortly after, spending thousands of dollars procuring 99%
0: pure carbon monoxide.
1: Where the fuck do you get that? He's an anesthesiologist. He works at a hospital.
0: They just have carbon monoxide and fucking – You can order – Is it because of the valves or whatever they need the carbon monoxide for that? I don't know. I feel like you could just like – Order kind of whatever you want. Cause, well, because I'm like, why would the hospital have one? But I know at the bar, like for like a tap, you need CO2 to make it run.
1: That's carbon dioxide, though.
0: JK, that's right. That's not the same thing.
1: Very close. One. How molecule- the fuck do you order that? So I don't think it's really that hard. What's a medicinal property of carbon monoxide? I mean, he's going to give you some bullshit excuse, which I'll tell you in okay. a second. All right. But I can remember in like chemistry lab in college... Like, you had access to, like, chloroform and, like, a bunch of other shit that was, like, very dangerous. I don't know. What do you use
0: chloroform for?
1: That You had to, like, use it for, like, analysis. That would be, like, one of the solutions that you would dissolve your product in or whatever to put in the mass spectrometer. I'm pretty sure that's what we used it for.
0: Oh. More you know. Yes. But again, they had
1: like a bunch of really dangerous things. They technically were just like in the lab. That if you had a experiment that called for that, you could just like go get some chloroform from the lab supply.
0: No, I just uh, I dealt with self indulgent actors pretending to be other people, <laughs> thinking they were self important. <laughs> <laughs> that was my
1: that was my uh, my college experience. Oh, I was playing with chloroform, you know. So yeah, I don't actually think, especially if you work at a teaching hospital, it's probably not that hard to order something like that. Or you know. So here's his bullshit excuse. Ka told his colleagues that he wanted to, quote unquote, test its purity. (laughs) I thought you were going to say its effects on yoga balls. No, that would have been so much funnier, though. (laughs) Goddamn, Monique. That would have been so much funnier. Test its purity and its effects on rabbits. Chow admitted that he'd assisted Ka with his experiments on the rabbits, but that the day before the killings, he saw Ka fill two yoga balls with the carbon monoxide from the hospital and take them home. Bro, you're so bad at this. I know. Also, like, a yoga ball is not inconspicuous. Like, it's fucking huge. You gotta fucking walk them out, like, under your arms? And it's fucking bright color. I mean, he at
0: least picked a gray one, but still, bro, you're not hiding it. Yeah, for sure. I hate when people are so bad at it and people still die anyway.
1: Like, that kills me.
0: No pun. Sorry.
1: I know. And when they think they're so clever for a thing and then it's like.
0: (sighs) You dumb fuck. So dumb. And somehow two people still died. Correct.
1: When police confronted Ka with this information, he admitted to taking the gas-filled yoga balls home, but denied that his intention had been to commit murder with them. He told police that he needed carbon
0: monoxide to deal with a rat problem at home. What happened to putting peanut butter on a fucking glue trap like everyone else?
1: (laughs) No, I want a very deadly gas in my home.
0: Let's fill the entire home with carbon monoxide. And that's how we'll get rid of the fucking rat. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to blow up the house for this one fucking thing.
1: Yeah. I'm assuming he obviously is not doing this for the rats, but like. If you were to do this, I'm assuming you're like releasing it into the wall or like under the house, maybe. And you're going to have a detector. Yeah, but so, you if don't... the rats, whatever, this is not a logical solution. In your house, there's a hole. Yeah. Then they're going to keep getting in. Yeah. And they're fucking in your walls.
0: Oh, so they're making more God. of that. <laughs> God.
1: Sorry. I grossed Monique out so much with that. Rats, fuck Monique. Oh, I know. Don't shame them. <laughs> I, you know. Don't rat king shame. How dare you, woman?
0: <laughs> as long as all the rats are consenting, that's great.
1: <laughs> I don't. It's the animal kingdom.
0: so no, I don't they know don't. They are, but like, it's yeah. very animal sex. If you've ever seen it, is wildly aggressive. Especially like ducks. My God, they gang rape. It's oh terrible. Oh my
1: God, it's brutal.
0: Yes, I cannot. I just, there's been a, a like a high amount of rat talk today, between the Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing it full circle, Monique. You know, it's, I psychic sistered it with the rats, I guess. You really did. <laughs> you really did. Per usual. That's how, that's how we do, baby. That's why I love you.
1: I love you. But the family's domestic helper, C.T. Macero, said there were no rats. She also told investigators about the couple's strained marriage, saying that they had slept in separate rooms since she'd started working for them. The investigation continued, and police once again searched the family's home. Although there were security cameras installed in the house, they were not working around the time of the deaths.
0: Ah, there you go.
1: Yep. They did find a plastic plug which could fit the yoga ball in a drawer in Ka's bedroom, but forensic scientists had no way to prove whether it actually belonged to the ball in question. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether this is his desk at work or his desk at home. The context was not clear in the article. But the other ball was found under his desk, still inflated.
0: Either fucking way. Either way, not a good look. You're either going to kill your colleagues (laughs) or you're going to kill everyone else in the house. Possibly yourself because you're a dumb fuck. Yes.
1: Whenever he was around it, he always had a carbon monoxide monitor, of course. Like when he drove them home, he
0: had a carbon monoxide monitor. Yeah, because you just fucking hang out with that. What the fuck? This is such like you have zero chill. Zero chill. Correct. Like, I don't have any chill. That's why I could one of a billion reasons I could never commit a fucking murder. I don't have chill about anything.
1: It's also just so much work. Like, ugh, It's so much no. work.
0: My God.
1: And you get caught, like, 90% of the time, it seems like. It's very rare people get away with it.
0: I was talking to someone about this, you know, that I was like, I'm pretty sure that Amy feels the same way I do on this. But with the amount that we've researched these stories, we don't have the hubris to be like, I could, uh, but I, I know what they did wrong. No. No. We get fucking caught in a second. No yeah
1: and also, also way again, too much work it's too much work i'm yeah <laughs> too way way too lazy to be murdering anyone like i don't Girl. have the time i don't want to clean up anything like my
0: best suggestion is really just like i guess make it look like an accident like that's really the best way to do it that's the only way to do it the cleanup would kill like i the yeah i need to hire someone to clean my apartment because i'm like like there's still yes. glitter everywhere for my fucking birthday which was a fucking month ago today
1: oh my god i love you
0: at the hotel and beacon there was a fucking glitter sequin from my fucking apartment that traveled with me to Beacon and made it to the fucking floor next to the fucking bed and Beacon. It's taken over my life. It loved you. It doesn't want to leave you. It doesn't, but it needs to. All good things <laughs> must come to an end.
1: Oh my God. I bought sparkly shoes recently for a Work. Christmas party and I tried them on yesterday and same thing. Glitter all over my kitchen. <laughs> glitter all over my... I'm like, I immediately regret these shoes and I don't have time to like get another one. I'm
0: sure they look beautiful though.
1: Yeah. They look cute at least. All right, back to this terrible botched murder. Clusterfuck. When police learned of Ka's affair with his former student and his children's tutor, Shara Lee, they believed they'd found a motive for the murder. During an interview with the police in 2016, when he was questioned about the affair, Ka admitted that he'd been dating Shara for about two to three years, but that he and Feng had come to an arrangement. So he had no reason to kill her. As you can tell by my tone, bullshit. Yeah. He also insisted that Shara had nothing to do with the incident, although she supposedly had been an assistant in the rabbit experiment, which, glaring red flag. Like the known one? Or which one? The ones he did with the carbon monoxide with the rabbits at the hospital. Like, she was assisting him in those, apparently. But, like, she didn't have anything to do with it, didn't know anything about it, supposedly. They don't ever really bring her up. She's never charged with anything, so I don't know. I don't know where they stand on that. After a highly technical investigation that involved interviews with more than 50 witnesses, ranging from doctors to chemical suppliers to psychologists, police finally arrested and charged Ka with murder on September 11th, 2017, more than two years after the deaths of his wife and daughter. Ka's trial began in August 2018 and he pleaded not guilty to two counts of murder. During the trial, the prosecution argued that Ka had deliberately plotted to kill his wife because he was having an affair and hadn't wanted to get a divorce because he would have lost half of their assets. But while he would have inherited considerable amounts of property co-owned with his wife following her death, there was no apparent motive for killing Lily, and it's believed that her death was unintentional since he had allegedly told her to stay at home that day to work on her homework. The court heard that in 2013, Su Fing, who was suffering from depression after finding out Ka was having an affair, had sought support from a self-help group, and according to her sister, she was so emotionally abused by that time that she had lost her self-respect, but that she was, quote, "...finding courage and building strength to stand up to him." End quote. She also described Ka as manipulative, controlling, and a bully— And when he was interviewed by police, he reportedly dismissed the self-help group as a quote-unquote cult. In recorded police interviews, Ka claimed that Lily may have used the inflatable balls in an attempt to end her life because of the pressures he had put on her to achieve academically. He said Lily had seen him leave the ball in the family's exercise area and had warned her of its lethal contents. And she's killing her mother because of why? No, that she was basically trying to kill herself.
0: No, I know, but two people are dead in this.
1: Yes, correct. The prosecution called it a quote-unquote lame lie and said it was quote-unquote simply untrue. I mean, yes. Because it is. Yeah, it's a really bad excuse for very clearly trying to murder your wife with carbon monoxide. But apparently Lily was the only other person in the household who knew about the carbon monoxide.
0: Oh my god. Whatever. I can't. I just, I can't.
1: I know. I know. Su Fing's sister, who described Lily as a normal, typical girl who was funny and surprisingly witty, said, quote, The idea that Lily would commit suicide was just ridiculous. End quote. Evidence against the suicide theory was also presented in the form of Lily's phone record, showing that she texted congratulations to a friend who'd gotten out of an assignment at school shortly before her death. Which does not sound like a text message you would send if you were, like, planning on killing yourself right after
0: that. Yeah. No, this is all just like no. A bad lie by someone who thinks they're smart.
1: Correct. Correct Monique. <laughs> yes. That is 100%. It's the, the long it is. and fucking short of it. <laughs> yep. yep. Because lawyer presented an alternative version of events during the trial, saying Lily, who had a phobia of bugs, had used the gas to kill insects, unaware of the potential fatal consequences. The insects in the car? Like, what? Bro, do you lose yourself? Did you pass the bar? Like, what?
0: Girl, I gotta hike up my pants because the bullshit's getting thick. Like, what? It's getting real thick. Come on. So ridiculous. Like, I could not be in the court hearing this because I'd be like, I'm sorry, Your Honor. Are you fucking serious? Can I, like, is that is no. that an objection? Like, is are you fucking serious, a legal objection? Because what the fuck? Are you serious?
1: Am I taking crazy pills? Yes. The defense also claimed that Ka had an alibi. They argued that the concentration of carbon monoxide was so high that it would have required the ball to have been placed in the trunk right before the car was driven away, but that Ka left home at about noon for a university seminar, two hours before his wife and daughter left the house. The prosecution argued that there was sufficient gas in the ball and the car on that day that even if the ball was placed in the vehicle an hour or two before, there still would have been a high enough concentration to be lethal. Yeah, it's the biggest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. A report presented during the trial suggested that the concentration of carbon monoxide inside the car reached at least 7,000 parts per million, lasting more than two hours. And for the record, it only takes 1,600 parts per million of carbon monoxide to make someone feel dizzy in just 20 minutes and die in an hour. Right. Ah,
0: you're so bad at this.
1: More than three times that amount. Yes, correct. The chairman of the Clinical Toxicology Board at the Hong Kong College of Emergency Medicine said it would be difficult to determine the exact time the ball was placed in the car, as it involved too many variables, and that both the defense and prosecution's arguments could be valid. However, C.D. Maceiro, the family's domestic helper, testified that when she saw Su Fing and Lily heading to the car that day, they were not carrying a yoga ball. And in a statement she made to the police prior to the trial, she said she saw Ka leaving the house that day through a less commonly used door at about 11 a.m. In the end, the fact that he was seen by a colleague filling yoga balls with carbon monoxide and taking them home, was having an affair, and clearly had something to gain from his wife's death in the form of their co-owned properties, was enough evidence in and of itself. After a 21-day trial and seven hours of deliberation, a high court jury of five men and four women unanimously found Ka Kim Soon guilty of murdering both his wife, Soo Fing Wong, and his 16-year-old daughter, Lily Ka Li Ling, and was sentenced to life in prison in Hong Kong. The presiding judge said it was, quote, shocking that a highly educated and successful man would conjure up such a calculated method to get rid of his wife, end quote. Despite Ka's actions and his guilty verdict, his other children continued to support him. And Soo-fing's sister said she and the rest of her family didn't hold a grudge against him, saying, quote, he is a deeply unhappy individual. As a family, the best thing to do is to move on with our lives. I believe that Soo-fing and Lily are now in a much better place. End quote. To this day, Ka continues to maintain his innocence. And that is the story of what became known as the yoga ball murders.
0: Fuck this guy.
1: Right? Like, on the one hand, (sighs) admire's not the right word, but, like, the creativity, I'll give it to you. You didn't just, like, stab somebody. It was a peaceful way to go, all things considered.
0: I guess so. But no, don't do this. (sighs) Just get a divorce and split the assets. You don't need it all. Just get a divorce. You know, this is that thing of, like, I've always been of like moderate intelligence and I'm fine with that. And I am very at peace with all of the things I don't know, which is a fucking lot. But you see this with people who are smart, especially those who are listed as a gifted when they were very young, that they assume because they're gifted in whatever particular area, that means that they're smart about everything and they're fucking not. Yes. And just the like audacity, and I guess just spending your whole life being like, I'm a smart person in chemistry or whatever the fuck means I like know how to kill people and get away with it. You don't, bro.
1: Clearly not. You walked out of the hospital with two fucking giant yoga balls filled with carbon monoxide and you let your colleague watch. Bro, what? What a dumb fuck. <sighs> but fortunately, he was found guilty and he's gonna spend the rest of his life in
0: jail. So there's a bright side. Yeah, fuck him. Um... I mean, the only perk is that other than him being in in prison for the rest of his life, fuck him, is that I guess like his wife and daughter doesn't have to deal with his fucking bullshit anymore. Yeah. A piece of shit.
1: But yeah, yoga ball murders. I could not get over that.
0: No, that's insane.
1: Who would think to do that? It would never cross my mind. I
0: just, I hate everyone except you. You're wonderful.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I was like, I'm sure a few other people would make that list. Rightfully so. But it's a short list and I appreciate being on it. Same. It's a she you. It is. It, you're like right at the tippy top. Thank you so much for that story. Thank you for your story on the Wendigo. Holy fucking shit. I loved it so much. It was so creepy. What the fuck? I'm just going to fly over those states from now on. Thank you.
0: <laughs> There's so many states. I know. It was a lot of states, but that's fine. New York to Florida. like so I 13 fucking states. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for listening. This is another fucking horror podcast. I'm Monique Sanchez. And I'm Amy Traden. You can find me on the gram at pinupgirlmo. You can find me at lobotomy and that's lobot period Amy. You should also follow the show on the gram. We're at another fucking horror podcast. Every six episodes, we do a true listener tales episode where we read you your true crazy stories. So if you have one or you fucking live in Appalachia, which is like a, basically like a third of the fucking country, and you have some wild shit that you like didn't see or didn't hear, <laughs> let a bitty know. <laughs> yes, please. And email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the U and fucking. And if you're enjoying all of our content, Please tell a friend and leave us a review. That really helps us out to give us more visibility so that hopefully one day sooner rather than later, we can just do this full time and bring you more spooky stories and stories of people being fucking stupid while committing murders. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yahoo oh yeah. Guys, we're so obsessed with you. You're on my list of people that I don't hate. Thank you for that. As always, keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye.